Welcome to this BGSM podcast. My name is Babette Pleim. I'm deputy editor of the BGSM and I'm here with Carolyn Broderick from Australia at the Fat Cup Thai Netherlands Australia in Den Bosch. Welcome Carolyn. Thank you for having me. Um, you take care of, of a sport of people who are traveling all over the world all the time and are only in one place for a very short period of time. How do you manage? Well, it is. It comes with difficulties in that um, they even don't know where how long they're going to be in a certain place. So, we do screenings once a year, and they come home to Australia in the summer season and during the Australian season, where we treat a lot of their overuse injuries that have been problematic over the year. I travel with them two, two to three weeks a year during Fed Cup ties, and for the rest of the year we catch up via Skype and phone, and we have a good uh, medical database which enables them to upload medical information from wherever they are in the world. If they have an MRI in Miami, they can upload the pictures and I can see them, and we do it by distance essentially. Yeah, because you have an interest in, in, in monitoring injuries, don't you? Yes, yes, that's um, one of my interests, um, particularly in, in paediatric and adolescent sport, because that's an area which hasn't had as much injury epidemiology as other areas in sports medicine. So I think to get good um, documentation and good data on injury prevalence, we need to have good databases, and, and that's been the area which has really improved greatly in the last 10 years. And how has it helped you? Would you recommend it? And would you recommend it to other, you know, team physicians? Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, one of the things also now with our medical databases is that we have input from coaches as well. So we're getting a lot more information on loading data. Previously, it was hard to document, particularly players that were training in different events, how much loading they were doing specifically. So we can try and link the injury data with. Um, information that we now have on loading and cycling of, of training and competition, which I think it will give us very valuable information, and or it's already started to. What is the system you're currently working with? We w use a, a system called Fair Play, which um, Australian cricket use. It's an athlete management system um, and very adaptable to the circumstances that we need. So we make uh, recommendations to the software providers and, and they make modifications based on the information that we need. And what are the most difficult injuries or the most common injuries in tennis and what are the most difficult injuries to manage? I'd say that probably the most common injuries that we see are tendinopathy. We don't see a lot of traumatic acute injuries. It's mostly um, overuse injuries and tendinopathy would be the commonest. I suppose the main sites that we see that is in the rotator cuff, um, in, the, in the elbow and also Achilles tendinopathy. Mm -hmm. And how do you manage them? Well, we're lucky, um, particularly at the top level, we have a physiotherapist who is on the road with our, most of our top athletes and doesn't travel with them all year but um, quite a lot of the year. The other thing is the WTA obviously provides physiotherapists so we work out a management plan and the girls are very good at sticking with it. Sometimes um, we, we need to modify tournaments according to um, injury and loading but um, it's mostly done with input from the doctor but managed on a day-to-day -day basis with our physiotherapist. And when you look at tennis, what do you think is most important to, to reduce the number of injuries or manage the number of injuries? I'm not sure that we entirely know that yet. Um, 
I think one of the other um, suggestions that's coming out is that say an injury like femoroacetabular impingement may be more common in elite young athletes um, and so it may even involve loading at various t stages of growth. That's one of the areas that I'm particularly interested in is loading during the adolescent years. We know the growth plate's quite vulnerable during the adolescent growth spurt and I think um, perhaps we're not doing the best type of training during those years and maybe we need more of a focus on skills training, less on the fitness side, but also actually looking at things that are going to be less provocative for the growing skeleton. And when you talk about the femoral acetabular impingement, have you seen an increase in the number of groin injuries over the last 10 years? Now I don't have the actual data to show for that, but my feeling is that they're getting it or, or becoming symptomatic at a younger age than we used to see previously. Femoroacetabular impingement per se is a reasonably newish diagnosis, and I suppose we're looking out for it more these days. But there is evidence that um, higher rates of femoroacetabular impingement occur in athletes in other sports. It hasn't been fully looked at in tennis yet, but a lot of the movements that we see in tennis, the rotation inflection potentially could be affecting the development of the head-neck junction in uh, adolescent athletes and that may predispose to the CAM-type deformity that we see in femoroacetabular impingement. And at what age do you tend to see these uh, problems? Uh, we tend to see them, uh, I mean, in the late adolescent years or early 20s. And that is, um, you know, younger than in previous times. And it's important to remember that it's one of the main um, predisposing factors to hip osteoarthritis after hip dysplasia or to premature hip osteoarthritis. So it's quite a big public health issue as well, given that disability and the, and the cost of osteoarthritis of the hip to the community. And how do you manage them at the moment? Well, um, I think that the, the ultimate is going to be to try and prevent this occurring. This, uh, and if it is related to training, um, maybe we need to modify training at, at that vulnerable stage of growth. We try to manage them conservatively. As you know, the surgical management is, um, you know, fairly, in, well, it's very invasive. And there are a lot of people with the deformity that don't actually have symptoms. So I think the other thing is just to try and um, further evaluate what makes people symptomatic. And the CAM deformity on its own is not necessarily symptomatic. Just a final question, um, because we are, tomorrow we're going to play this tie. Um, what does your medical team consist of that you're now travelling with? Yeah, so our medical team's expanded recently. So we, we've always travelled with a physiotherapist. I started eight years ago when they started travelling with a doctor. Um, and now we have a soft tissue therapist who travels with us and we have a strength and conditioning um, person as well. So in, in addition to our playing staff, our coach and our managers. So we are spoilt and we recognise that. I've gonna, I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic tie and good luck for the weekend. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it.